I want to be circumspect about what I say about our hometown newspaper. I will just begin by saying I'm not a fan of it um, for many reasons, not the least of which is they have shortened and abbreviated the sports section. And it's just uh, not worth the money. But Billy Graham from Charlotte, the next morning, they did the right thing. Front page, Billy Graham, 1918-2018, son of Charlotte, citizen of the world, then a full-color picture, and then a section about him. And I am told that today, the Sunday edition has a complete, fuller section on Billy Graham, the headlines of which, I think I'm right, welcome home, Billy Graham. You know I'm only the guest here. But in a way, well, I'm going to say it because it's the last meeting. You don't have to hear me after this one's out. We ought to sing just as I am without one plea. My wife, right here, Chip, I'm getting emotional. I'm a Presbyterian. <laughs> We're supposed to be stiff and formal. My wife was saved in the Billy Graham crusade in Atlanta when she was a child. The old ballpark. Her daddy, a faithful Presbyterian elder, took her every night. And as the story goes, she wondered why her mother wasn't going every night only to discover her mother had gone early and was singing in the choir every night in that crusade. Some of you here were saved because of his ministry. And it's a remarkable thing and has moved us especially in Charlotte. And I don't want to take over. But how can you not think of the Crusades and just as I am without one plea that thy blood was shed for me and his urging people to come? Nobody since Calvary has spoken to more people worldwide about the cross. I'm going to read the lesson that is the basis for our thinking. But I'm going to give thanks as well before we preach for that great ministry. The lesson is in Exodus chapter 19. And you, remembering your Bibles, know that 
The Ten Commandments are Exodus 20. So we're reading a lesson between Passover night in Egypt and the giving of the moral law of God on Mount Sinai. Follow along in your Bibles as I read from Exodus chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. In the third month, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day, they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all the words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father, as we come to the word, we thank thee for the preaching of the word, the power of that, demonstrated wonderfully, graciously, through the life and ministry of Billy Graham, for which we give thee great thanks. For multitudes who passed from death unto life because he faithfully preached salvation by grace. Open thou our eyes to behold wondrous things from this thy word. We pray and ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Iron Curtain, Winston Churchill, his speech at Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri. For historians, the Cross of Gold speech, William Jennings Bryan running for president in the issue still relevant. 
of our economy and the basis of our currency. Gold promises. The Gettysburg Address. Some of you could still say it. As we were required, many of us, in English classes in high school to recite it for credit. Brief speeches. Notable sentences. Captions. We come to the brief speech God gave through Moses to these redeemed slaves. We call it the eagle's wings speech. Brief. Necessary. We turn our attention to listen, as it were, by the Holy Spirit, through Holy Scripture, what Moses said to these ransomed people. Two thrusts, really, are here in this brief speech. The actions of redemption in Passover night in Egypt and the intentions in redemption of those saved by the blood of the Passover lamb. The actions by God. The intentions of God in his redemption of them. The actions are briefly noted with this reminder at the beginning of the speech as you see it there. Verse 4. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. That's all the speech says. All we remember from Churchill. Iron Curtain. Everybody remembers and knows that. And in this speech, everybody before the mountain of God, as Moses delivered God's address to his ransomed people, you remember, you know what I did to the Egyptians on Passover night. After all of the plagues and all of the duplicity and all of the determination of the enemies of our God, through Pharaoh to oppress these Hebrews. Finally, the instruction, we know it, but it's wonderful to say it again. Take a lamb. Every household. Danger, destruction, death is at hand. And you take a lamb for your household. And if you can't afford a lamb, you go together with another household. Every household of the Semites needs the blood of the lamb. Death angel. Death angel will take the firstborn. Every one of them in the palace, in the houses of the Egyptians, in the stables, in the flocks. But you take the blood and you sprinkle it on the doorposts and the lintel 
and you'll be safe. You remember what I did to the Egyptians that night. And by strong implication, and what I did for you, by the blood. Some years ago, my wife and I had occasion to be in an Episcopal cathedral on a Maundy Thursday evening. Travel schedule, other matters. We wanted to observe the Lord's table and remember the night before he went to the cross. And a man who is a bit of an acquaintance was an assistant there. The cathedral is still in the hands of evangelical Bible believers. And he preached that night, Armandi Thursday, Soon thereafter, he became the assistant rector of the historic Christ Episcopal Church in the heart of Charlottesville, Virginia, which has been so troubled. Right next to the UVA campus, where my fraternity was founded, he was called as an assistant, and his assignment on Sunday was to preach every Sunday evening at the evening worship service at Christ Episcopal Church, and in no time reports came to us in Charlotte. The students are packing Christ Episcopal Church on Sunday nights. In fact, some of the old guard, older members were a little complaining. They were having trouble finding their seats. The students had taken them. Stiff as we Presbyterians and Episcopalians are, I couldn't help but think, hallelujah. What an impact. And I wasn't surprised because that night on Maundy Thursday, he preached from earlier chapters here in Exodus on the Passover supper. But it was true, moving, readying us to receive Holy Communion. And he said toward the end of the sermon, he stopped and left his script and said, as he spoke of the precious blood of the Lamb, quoting that phrase from Peter, if you, pointing to all of those Episcopalians, If you had been there that night and heard the screaming, the despair, and it had not come to your house because you by faith had taken the blood and done what you were told to do and trusted the blood, you would say, it's precious. And then uncharacteristically, he said, I feel like we ought to stand up in this cathedral and sing there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. I wish we had. It would have been good for all of us. But we went on with the service. The precious blood. 
judgment is sure and swift to come from God upon all sin and those who are not under the blood. And we rejoice who have passed from death unto life by the work of Christ our Passover that we're saved and safe. And we rejoice and rest in the blood of Christ, remembering what he did at the cross and saying, if you please, with Fanny Crosby, an old favorite, Jesus, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all, a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. This is the speech, the eagle's wings speech. I spared you by the blood of the Lamb. You saw what happened. You heard the wailing and the despair and the darkness of the night, and you saw it the next morning. But you were safe. And I sustained you, and I bore you as on eagles' wings and brought you not out to do whatever you wanted to do and wherever you wanted to go, but I brought you to myself. You're mine. And we are to remember that, that it's not only safety and salvation, but it's his sovereignty, his lordship, his kingship over us and our lives. He brought us to himself. You belong to him. And he has ownership rights over our lives. This is the thrust that begins this brief, little, memorable eagle's wings speech. God's actions in redemption are not only to make you safe, saved, delivered, but delivered right into his presence, into his providence to be his subjects, his kingdom. This is all part of world evangelization and missions. But the second part of the speech tells us specifically what he has in mind by sparing us, saving us, sustaining us as on eagle's wings, bringing us to himself. There are three things here in the second part of the speech. Note them with me. At verse 5, Moses said, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words 
which you shall speak to them. The three things. A special treasure. Holy nation. A kingdom of priests. I rather like the old, odd King James wording in places. I know, I know it's out of date, but it's memorable. Peculiar people. You'll be a peculiar people. Well, some of us already are that, aren't we? But I remember in the days when Jews for Jesus had a traveling testimony through music and message of the peculiar people. And we brought them to the church and had wonderful fellowship. Morsh Rosen happened to be a good friend of ours. Peculiar people, not just oddballs, but special. And the new King James from which I am preaching says a special treasure Peculiar people. What is the phrase in its meaning? I discovered some time back that the Latin translation from which English comes chose a word that in Old English means movable treasure. You shall be movable assets to me as opposed to that which is not movable. Your real estate, your house are not movable assets. Jewelry, certificates, notes are movable and can at your discretion be relocated. That's what the redeemed people of God are. At the direction, at the discretion of our King who redeemed us, who saved us, who spared us to bring us to himself, he has the right to relocate or not. Remember, Abraham had to leave Ur of the Chaldees why not use Abraham at Ur in the Chaldees? There are reasons, but I'll leave it to Pastor Miller to give those someday. But at the moment, here's the picture of movability, relocation. World missions involves that, doesn't it? Has it taken sons and daughters out of this congregation? and relocated them? Not everybody's to be relocated, thankfully. No pastor wants to empty his church even for the mission field. But some, early on in our days in Augusta, I got burdened that our missions program was growing, but with somebody else's people. We were supporting candidates recommended to us by various missions agencies. Nobody was going from our church. Lord, why not? And then, in his graciousness, 
he began to answer prayer and movable treasure began to be relocated. Some of you who are here remember that we had in those days a closing consecration service where the call was if you're willing to give your life away in world evangelization. You may not be relocated. The Lord may not be calling you, but you're willing. You come and indicate that and make your life available as a movable treasure. It was moving through the years. I got very emotional at times watching, knowing, thanking, except one family, one year, a large family. The husband was such a friend and strength to me. I loved him dearly, still do. He stepped out and led his family and knelt in the aisle. And I hate to tell you, it went through my mind, oh Lord, no, 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 not him. I didn't mean them to be relocated. But it wasn't my decision. They belonged to him. And they were peculiar people, special treasure, movable assets to the kingdom. And they left us. Went out to Niger. Special treasure, peculiar people. Parents are to be willing for children to be relocated. And grandparents, who because of relocation don't see them, those little ones, often. Sometimes it's tough. But that's why we're redeemed, to be a special treasure and to be a holy people, a holy nation. You know as well as I do that H-O-L-Y and W-H-O-L-L-Y come off of the same root. And one of the aspects of holiness is wholeness, wholehearted, full life, obedience to the king, and joy in his service, whether we remain right here in Macon all of our days or are relocated. We are wholly involved. Not just a bit. Holding in reserve. We're redeemed to give our full being to him. To be a movable asset. To be wholly, fully the Lord's. And then, in addition, we are to be a kingdom of priests. Uh, we would recoil at naming our clergymen priests 
because we are of the Reformation and we rejoice in the revival movement that was the Reformation and the discovery of glorious, wonderful gospel truth, which includes the priesthood of all believers. And we function through the great high priest who made the offering for our souls at Calvary. And we are now priests. And here is a bit of a foreshadowing of that when before Mount Sinai, God says to Moses, speak to these redeemed people and tell them, I have borne you to myself for my purposes to be movable feast and holy, fully mine, without reserve and functioning as priests. Priests have a mediatorial rule. And the reason we don't use the terminology for our clergymen is, in fact, that the great high priest, the Lord Jesus, has finished the mediatorial necessities for our salvation. And now, in him, as Peter says in his first epistle, we are a royal priesthood. You're a kingdom of priests. And you are to function in behalf of the nations as priests. In a mediatorial rule, I mention again the delight we know at the coming of Dr. Kevin DeYoung to Charlotte. In July, he assumed the pastorate of the rather large Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church in suburban Matthews. He's made some changes. That's what we preachers do. We arrive in a church and we make a few changes. And one of the changes is in the Sunday evening service, which has pushed up to 800 or so on Sunday nights. And one of the associate ministers, I think, is using the the guide Operation World. We used it in missions class at the seminary when I was still on active faculty in my retirement years after the pastorate. I love those 14 years with the students. Praying, nation, island, people, all through the year. I think that's what they're doing. But I'm hearing about people and places I don't know about. And I find myself straining to listen, catch every word, because I know at the end of the report we're going to function as priests for those peoples that they might be saved. You have been brought out of death into life by the blood of the Passover lamb 
to be a kingdom of priests for a broken, desperate world. I brought you to myself for that. Oh, we remember Iron Curtain, Cross of Gold, Gettysburg. Never forget Eagle's Wings. Let us pray. How we bless thee and thank thee as we remember Calvary. Remember the Lamb of God. Remember his shed blood. Remember our salvation. Some of them in Billy Graham meetings, again we praise thee. Help us never to forget that we were redeemed to be brought to thyself, O Father, to become, according to thine intentions and redemption, movable assets, holy, fully thine, and functioning as priests in world missions and world evangelization to gather in the elect and to bring back our King, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.